You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Uh, Wax, I wanted to transition a little bit to uh, physical merchandise. So we had uh, uh, Ben Brennan from At Venue on a recent panel with us. He was talking about the the four T-shirt concept, where it's just four shirts are going to be what you know is the bulk of what you sell. Your web store uh, is is filled with just really cool products from ping pong balls and uh, branding irons and things like that. Like uh, uh, how of uh, I guess. Um, how helpful is alternative physical products to your physical product revenue stream? Uh, and do you differentiate between what it is that you sell in your web store versus what you would sell at your merch table when you're on the road? Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's part, it's kind of part of who I am, or I guess part, part of my brand or something like that to kind of make some wacky stuff every time I come out with an album or sometimes just that random, you know, take the branding irons, for example, I made wax branding irons. So like, you know, you heat it up and then you get my logo, push, press, push my logo like you would on a cow, you know what I mean? But uh, that people, people love the idea. Nobody bought them. Hardly anybody actually bought those things. You know what I mean? But sometimes the idea it's just it's just fun anyway that said mo- a lot of the other stuff st- stuff that has more utility to it stuff like lighters stuff like rolling papers obviously t-shirts and uh the music itself in the form of cds i mean you know now that's just really just a souvenir too but uh what else have i been selling uh i sell like little coolers and stuff like that but uh it's not really it's not skateboard decks it's not re- it's actually that what i'm selling now is actually a lot of it is left over from the tour. I'm actually marketing my current thing as a, a spring cleaning sale. And it really is shit that's in my garage. Cause to be frank, I, I was using a merch company. I didn't really like what they I don't, I didn't think they were that great. So I just had them send me the stuff back. And I was thinking about just selling it out of my garage for a while. And then this quarantine hit and it kind of was the perfect time to just, to just do it, just do it myself. I've been spending a lot of time doing it. I've sold three things since we've been on this this thing you know what I mean and uh it's it's actually I actually like doing the work I actually enjoy doing kind of like real regular regular work like packing stuff up you know what I mean but uh kind of went off on a tangent I, I forgot what you were actually asking me but no no that's it I was just like I was just curious whether like you know you ever come across a product that like oh man nobody's ever thought of this before and it just takes off but it sounds like the rolling papers and things like that are the I guess that leads to the next question is how often are, are those sort of like really low priced items 
the kind of items where people just, well, I'm going to get the t-shirt, so I'll get that as well. So that way I come to an even dollar amount, you know, the, the add-ons. Yeah, that's, that, that is a lot of what it is. You know, I do guitar picks and you know, if you, if you add it, it's like a dollar extra to your order. So a lot of people, if they're going to order a t-shirt in a way, they'll get a, they'll get a guitar pick. And I just think, I just think, you know, I, I'm, oh, I just think it's cool that people have guitar picks with my name on it. I, I, I'm, I just think stuff like that is cool, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's a, it's a good way to make money. It's a good way to, to market. It's a good way to, it's another interaction. If you have fun with it, every time I put out an album, I make a pack, you know, I make, I make a pack with a theme. That, that all the all the pieces of merch will fit together and you can buy just the album you can buy the album with the t-shirt or then you can get the uh, uh, working up just like you would with a crowdfunding thing it works up to the biggest bundle where you get the skateboard deck the t-shirt the cooler the branding iron the rolling you know what i mean so uh i, I think it's i think stuff like that is fun to do uh and you can kind of make it humorous and and make it um interesting in your own way you know yeah excellent uh, well, Crystal, he uh, uh, Wax brought up crowdfunding. Like, has the Patreon model completely replaced the Kickstarter model, or is uh, uh, is there still a place for for uh, crowdfunding platforms like uh, Kickstarter for uh, for for music artists? Um, I think that there's still a place for it. We actually just ended an Indiegogo campaign. Um, a couple weeks ago uh, so what we did for that was our current single at radio is sober and we were raising money for rock to recovery and we created a special merch item um with the the, the words uh sober on it and it it's an exclusive item that was available only on indiegogo and that was just used as a way to raise money for rock to recovery and help people in recovery so i think that they're being used in different ways. Um, that's like a one-time campaign that has a set date when it's going to end and the money we use to donate to charity, whereas Patreon is a reoccurring um, subscription. So it's not like a one-time thing where they sign up and then the campaign ends. These people are being billed every single month. So it's a subscription. It's a subscription model, and I think that they're being used differently now. Um, some people may still be using the crowdfunding, uh, model, but I think that Patreon in the long run is probably better in the sense for making money for the band themselves, and then maybe like an Indiegogo would be better for funding money for charity. Yeah. At least that's how we're using it. Gotcha. Excellent. I, I'm sorry we're going just a, a couple minutes long, everybody. I hope you'll just hang on for just a, a few minutes more. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, we've talked about, like, I, I feel like we're, we're just scratching the surface of, like, all the different revenue, new revenue opportunities that are there. And I know even, like, even behind the curtain, there are things that you're pursuing with Ice Nine Kills. What is it that uh, you see as the opportunities for not only Ice Nine Kills, but other artists that you've worked with over the years as like the sort of low-hanging hidden fruit in new revenue in terms of like what, things that we talk about, the super fans versus casual fans, international versus domestic and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think right now the main strategy is to streamline any existing revenue source we're spending time streamlining it right we're making sure that our margins which maybe we weren't so concerned with uh when you know touring which made up 
70% of our income was the main thing. The margins on some of these smaller things weren't a big deal. Now they're everything. So we're going in and taking a look at those. So, and then we're saying, okay, what exists as far as, you know, the new revenue streams? And you're right. I mean, if we've got a proven track record, which we do with Ice Nine Kills, we do some limited merch drops, um, obviously the stuff with SoundRink, what will immediately kind of translate to, presumably, to that similar sort of behavior, right? So people are willing to pay for things that are limited, that you can only get once for a unique experience. So are there other things like that? You know, there's a ton of other stuff that can still be talked about and developed. Twitch, of course, you know, the, the band Ice Nine doesn't really play video games. So though I know it's not exclusively used for video games, it's something that didn't really make sense for us to pursue today. Doesn't mean that we won't be doing that in the future. Um, but yeah, I think any artist that's out there, you got to really look at what exists and then what is, is easily transferable uh, based on your current super fan behavior. And how are you finding these new things for Ice Nine Kills? Uh, you know, these uh, search and destroy missions that uh, we go on. Um, I mean, the good news is for me, right? Like I've been a fan of new revenue models since I started managing bands. I mean, as somebody who develops, um, you know, who works with developing artists, we always had to be you know, cognizant of every opportunity that was out there. So I've spent a lot of time in the trenches figuring out how to do Patreons, how to do Indiegogos, how to develop, you know, I mean, Cody just mentioned he started his company nine years ago. I mean, we were, you know, I was working with him from day one, um, you know, and then cool things like Cameo where, you know, sometimes the artist is bringing it to us. Spencer signed up for Cameo on his own without us even, you know, having to, to push him in that direction. Um, even though we had talked about it, you know, at some point in the past. So, you know, what we do, what I do as a manager, right, is stay connected with other great managers. Thankfully, I work at a wonderful company where, you know, look, Crystal, you know, took it and ran with this Patreon. And I was like, whoa, super impressed, you know, and, and there's other things like that that are happening within our company. Um, but yeah, just spending time in quarantine and connected with Matt, you know, we hit it off. I think the, the cool thing about everybody on this panel is, sounds like we all kind of come from the same background and have the desire to help our artists. And I think, you know, anyone who's got that passion and is sort of artist, you know, um, artist friendly and artist facing is trying to help one another by sharing whatever's working for us. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Wax, I'm hoping that you, you can sort of wrap us up if you don't mind. Uh, like having a career in music, one that lasts, is more than just being creatively prolific and 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 you know excited to make new music uh, years after you last were excited to make new music. It's also about being financially viable. So, do you have any advice for artists who are early in their career on how to develop a career in music that is financially viable? Uh, well, first of all, it, you know, I've had my had my ups and downs. I haven't had to have a real job since in, in a long time, since probably 2009. So that's so that's good. I'm not rich. I'll tell you that I'm not rich, but I do. OK, I got I live in a cool place. I got a home studio. I go on, go on tour. I got a car, shit like that. And um, I think I think everything that, that's been said already is is is, you know, is there's some things that are kind of obvious. You know, if you tour. 
and you make albums. That's, you know, run of the mill. I think Cameo, Patreon, all these things are very valuable. My advice, if I, if I had to wrap up what I would say personally to any uh, young people, the best kind of money that you can make in this is money off of stuff you already did. You know what I mean? So any, in any business that has something where, you know, you quote unquote publish something, a book, a painting, like something, you know, it, point is I, I'm like, I'll get a phone call and, and I'll have a song I made 10 years ago and it just made some money on some, on, on some random way. And forget, forget like stuff like that syncs and getting your money on, uh, getting your music on TV and music and movies, just the Spotify streaming alone. You know, people listen to my old stuff still. People discover my stuff that's 12 years old today. You know what I mean? So the best, the, the best way to make money is money that you make now off stuff you did 10 years ago. That's the beauty of this. Uh, that's the beauty of, of music. It's, it's like, you know, you, we still watch movies from the 70s. We still listen to The Wall. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, think that, I think that if you put out a lot of stuff, you might, you might find that, you know, somebody might discover your stuff later. So all I can, all I can say is make good stuff, put it out. You know, try to make your connections and all that. Go on tour. Touring's fun. You know what I mean. But uh, if you if you, if you have stamina, you'll you'll make it. Cause I might have told you that 2009 was the last time I had a real job. But people don't know I'm old. You know what I mean. I had many many jobs after that. I didn't I didn't wasn't able to do this till I was 30. You know what I mean. I'm 40 41 now. So it it takes. I made albums and did tours where nobody came. I did, I got booed off the stage. I got the microphone cut off on me. You know what I mean? I did all that stuff. And most, a lot, you know, Jimmy Iovine's famous quote, he said that he's never met anybody in the music business that failed. He's only met people that gave up. And I actually, am, I, I am a subscriber to that belief. Oh, I love that. And I love the fact that you just slapped me with, a panel on new revenue by talking about old revenue. <laughs> right, right, right. That's so awesome. Well, it's the best. It's the best because you don't have to do anything. You already <laughs> did it. You know. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for being here and and for sharing your wisdom. Uh, I really can't express uh, how appreciative I am. So thank you very much. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.